RadioInfluence.com. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. And welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell, and we are your weekly source for performance information. If you want to reach out to us with your questions, comments, smart remarks, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, get our newsletter, or just send us a message, reach out to us there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Search out Crush Performance, and you can find us there. We're just sharing as much information as possible when it comes to development, skill acquisition, talent, and just getting better in general. Well, today, a very special episode. Nearly six months ago, society as we know it came to a full stop. Since then, nearly every person on earth has been impacted in some way or another by the novel coronavirus, COVID-19. Sickness, loss of life, the devastating economic impact COVID-19 has taken its toll, and it's still taking. So as we adjust, adapt, and work towards some kind of normal, maybe perhaps a new normal, we watch with great interest the race for a vaccine. We applaud with heartfelt thanks the frontline workers who provided a medical treatment, keeping us safe, and allowing us to maintain, if only in a small part or some form of normal, like getting groceries or now going out to eat. And you know, right now, as we're getting our kids back to school, Hats off to everybody on the front lines. And we grieve and mourn with and for everyone who has been robbed of a loved one in these troubling times. And we also battle, fight, and adjust right alongside everybody as we all wade through and adapt to the economic impact COVID-19 has had on us all. It's been devastating in so many regards. But flying under the radar, there's something we've found to be incredibly important. And it's not often discussed, at least not in the public forums. And that's the impact of COVID-19 and the COVID shutdown on our athletes, our youth, and our young adults. For all the students out there who missed a very important rite of passage, the graduating class of 2020, though we found a way to celebrate graduation, and some of them, by the way, were very, very cool, it was different. And we can't and we won't stop thinking of you and cheering for you all as you go into the next chapter of your life in this continuing COVID madness. And think about the college students. I mean, how do you deal with not being able to play in your last and maybe your only March Madness? It's one of the staple sporting events on the calendar and something that as a young collegiate basketball player or for young basketball players everywhere, it's a stepping stone. Actually, getting to March Madness is a dream for many young athletes. And to have it shut down and stripped away, oh, I can't tell you how we feel for those athletes. And as a high school student, what do you feel when your sport, your music, your drama, your schooling, your friends are all taken away midstream in one felled swoop in a crazy day in March of 2020? How do you feel? How does that impact a high school student? And how do you manage as an athlete the postponement or the cancellation of a competitive season? Now, I've talked to some of our pro guys, and I know how hard it was on them. 
But no matter what level of sport you play, or even if you're just a weekend warrior, how do you manage? That's a tough, that's a tall order. That's a tough, tough thing to deal with. And how in the hell do you comprehend and react to the delay and perhaps even the cancellation of the Olympics? If you're an Olympic athlete that's been working on that quadrennial plan, that four-year plan to get you to the Olympics and to the podium to compete against the best in the world, and it's shut down now without a timeline, postponed, and now potentially even canceled, uh, all I can say is you're not alone out there and there's many, many people that are rooting and cheering for you, whether there is sport or not. Today on Crush Performance, episode one of a two-part series, Class C, The Kids of COVID. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk to coaches, agents, athletes, psychologists, and students as we focus on the impact COVID has had on our youth and how they're dealing with it all. Our focus is mainly going to be on seniors in high school, the grade 11 and 12 students the seniors in college, and our developing athletes, our collegiate, varsity, national, and semi-pro athletes. In high school, the grade 11 and 12 students, it's such an important time in development and, and in life. You know, it's sort of that time, the rite of passage that you have where you're sort of, you know, the king of the hill in grade 12 in the high school, and it's your final year before you go into another chapter of your life. It's been a very, very difficult time. And, and it's going to be very different as these kids move forward. For our seniors in college and university, again, it's a little different for them, but it's been a very trying time as they wade through these COVID waters as well. And for our amateur and semi-pro and Olympic athletes who've been working and training their whole lives to create opportunity in sport, how are they dealing with it? What is the impact of the shutdown? How is our youth adjusted and adapted to these changing times, rapidly changing times. Will the shutdown in the COVID landscape have long lasting implications? And is it possible that for our athletes, this downtime could have some benefits? And in the meantime and in between time, have we done enough in light of the shutdown to support our youth and our young athletes? What have we done? Has it worked? And what can we do from this point going forward? We address all of this and more in this Crush Performance special two-part series, Class C, The Kids of COVID. Today, we go to this source as we talk with a high school senior to get her impressions of how COVID has impacted her and her friends. Now, this is a very special high school senior, one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, being a dad and a parent, I've seen these young people go through the ups and downs, the pressure and the stresses uh, that COVID has put upon them. We're going to talk to my youngest daughter, Ellie, in a surprise interview attack <laughs> that she didn't have time to prepare for. But seeing her and her friends and her classmates go through this and her teammates go through this COVID shutdown, I thought it'd be a great place to start talking to the youth and how it's impacted them. And then after that, we're going to talk with Dr. Nick Holt, Vice Dean of the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at the U of A. He's also the lead at the Child and Adolescent Sport and Activity Lab. The lab looks at the psychological aspects of sport and physical activity and participation on children, adolescents, and families. Because let's face it, this shutdown hasn't just impacted our students and our athletes. It's impacted everyone around them. And as we work to support our youth and deal with our own demons, because this hasn't been easy on anybody. We'll talk with Dr. Holt about his observations regarding the impact the COVID shutdown has had on athletes, parents, coaches, teachers, 
how we've coped, how we've reimagined sport in our learning environments in these challenging, challenging times. Could the shutdown result in significant benefits for our athletes? Find out. We'll discuss this and much, much more coming up right after this as we dive into Class C, the Kids of COVID, a crush performance special. Right after this, everybody stick around. Find out what it takes to be a top performer. Get the Crush blog, podcast, and newsletter at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here. If you want to reach out to us, if you have a question or if you have a topic or something you'd like us to investigate, let us know. We may dedicate a segment or even an entire episode to your idea. We answer every single message that we get. And here's what I could tell you if we don't have the answer. We know somebody who does, and we will find it for you. So if you want to reach out, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is the email. Today, we kick off a two-part series, Class C, the Kids of COVID, looking at the impact this COVID shutdown and the new landscape that's been created around it has impacted our youth. And in particular, we're focusing on our high school students, our grade 11, grade 12 students, our seniors in college and university, and our amateur, our developing Olympic and semi-pro athletes, and how this whole COVID thing has impacted them. Have we done enough to support them? Do we really understand what they're going through? Well, today we embark on part one of a two-part series looking at exactly that. And I wanted to start off with some context. I'm a parent myself. I have three daughters. And I've seen our youngest, who is going into her grade 12 year in high school, her friends, her classmates, and her teammates go through this whole episode from the shutdown in March to where we are now as kids start going back to school. And I, I, I can't help but feel for these kids. I really, really, truly feel for them and everything they've gone through. But I'm also quite impressed in how they've dealt with it. Now, Ellie and her friends have stayed in close communication and they've worked through this together. The parents, the coaches, the teachers have done a fabulous job, but it's been hard for everyone involved because we've never had to do this before. And for the kids, and I'm talking the high school kids right now, you know, they have friends that they can't see. They have friends who have sick brothers or sisters or a sick family member where they have to be really, really careful with exposure. These kids haven't been able to get out and visit. They haven't been able to go work a job. Some of these kids haven't left their house. And if they have, it's only been to walk around the block with their family. They have to be very, very careful. And on the other side, uh, the friends of these kids can't go over and see them. Very, very difficult. Youth sport has been, for the most part, shut down. Though we've adapted and it's starting to come around again. How has that impacted? Just the socializing and the interpersonal part of being a human being. Well, you know, we can guess, we can talk about it, but there's no better place to go than the source. So I'd like to introduce my youngest daughter, Ellie, who is going into her grade 12 year. This interview was a surprise interview. She had no preparation. I went upstairs and dragged her down into the Crush Studio. Ellie, by the way, you are the first in studio, live guest in this COVID times in the Crush Studio. I'm glad it's you. Welcome and thanks for doing this. Thank you. 
All right, so this is actually a pretty in-depth uh, series we're looking at. We're going to be talking to agents. We're going to be talking to athletes. We're going to be talking to students, psychologists, a whole breadth of people from society trying to get a better idea on the impact COVID has had on you know different segments of people. The series is aimed at you guys, grade 11, grade 12 students going into their senior year, which is you know, one of those milestones in life, an important time. It's going to be very, very different for you guys, different than anybody else has ever experienced before. Of course, we all feel for the kids and the students who lost their graduations last year and the athletes who got shut down, the college kids who didn't get to play in the March Madness, all these crazy things that have gone on. Um, and, you know, we're also keeping in mind the serious side of COVID, the impact it's had and the loss of life and all the families and friends who've been impacted there. And also the impact it's had on society in terms of the economic and financial side has been devastating. There's not a person in this world who hasn't been touched by COVID. For me though, watching you and your friends, you know, and the soccer team you play on community soccer, go through the shutdown to the uncertainty and now to the relaunch and returning to school. Um, I was inspired by how emotional it was for you guys, how challenging it is for you guys. And that sort of spurred on the story. So maybe we could start here, Ellie. Let's go back to the shutdown in March. And it was actually very quick, wasn't it? Um, yeah. You know, we got word of this, this virus that was sweeping the nation. And then all of a sudden it was here. Schools were shut down. Lives were turned upside down. For a high school senior, grade 11, grade 12 student, what was it like for you guys? Well, I mean, it happened on like a Sunday. So it was like we had our last week and then we didn't like know anything about like COVID yet. And then on the Sunday, COVID was announced and basically everything was just shut down. And we thought it was going to be like for like two or three weeks, maybe. But then, no, <laughs> it lasted months on months. And then online school started, which was a lot of stress for a lot of people. I mean, personally, I didn't I wasn't really stressed because I didn't have like big core subjects. But a lot of my friends were and they were, you know, you're kind of locked in your room all day without like any social interaction and that fun aspect of school with like hanging out with your friends and like just talking to new people and like becoming closer with people throughout high school. And I don't know, it's kind of just been stripped away. And I feel like a lot of those connections have been lost since COVID and stuff. So, well, you are, uh, an athlete as well. You play community soccer, mm -hmm. uh, in school. If you were to maybe share with our audience, what your passions are outside of the academic side of school, where do you focus your efforts? Well, I do drama and before shutdown, there was one X, which is this huge festival we do where it's basically student directed, um, like short films kind of. Um, and it's, um, I was directing and I was acting in one and, um, basically my entire after school was focused on that. Like me and my co-director would, um, plan out everything in our spares, like all blocking and all of that stuff. And it's so exciting as it's a new experience and it opens up opportunities for future, um, like shows and whatever. And, um, that was canceled too, which was also very heartbreaking for all of us because it's, it's an exciting and it's a new experience where you get to meet a whole bunch of new people. And it looks really good on a resume too. Um, especially for like what I want to go into, cause I want to go somewhere into like production or whatever. Um, so having those opportunities stripped away definitely, um, puts a dent 
on the experiences and what's going to look good on resumes. And they're probably not going to happen this year either. So I don't know how I'm actually going to get those ex- like experiences. So that's going to be tough. So this is one of the things that, that it's really got me thinking about you guys, about the seniors in high school, the, particularly in particular, the grade 11 and 12 students, the seniors and the um, um, graduating class in colleges, our athletes in high school and college, our pro athletes, national team athletes who are missing Olympics. We don't know what's happening with the Olympics. All these people are impacted. But, you know, with all that's going on, um, there's some serious conversations that need to be had. And that's sort of what this series is all about. How is this going to impact our youth? And, you know, for the younger kids, I think, you know, they'll rebound. It'll be a great experience moving forward. But for those, you know, those really important milestones, those life experiences, grade 12, graduating year. We're going to talk with James Hamlin, who uh, was in the WHL hockey player. He's in his fifth year. He missed his final games, and that team was going into the playoffs. We're going to talk to him as a young athlete going into pro, what it's been like and how he's been managing. Your soccer season got shut down in March as well, and that's a pretty tight little group of of athletes who have been playing together for nine years. Let's talk about that as well, because this is another part of life for young young students and young people that's also been totally disrupted by this COVID mess. Yeah, well, so with the rules for soccer, they were just going to change them and just adjust them, but that was basically completely stripping away the game of soccer. Like, you wouldn't be able to play the way that, like, I would usually play because it's unsafe, quote-unquote. Um Um, So they just canceled the season and I thought it was only going to be for one season that it was just going to be adjusted rules or whatever. So I was like, okay, not like not a big deal. Um, Like indoor season will start up again, which it is, but it's smaller teams. The fees are so much more expensive and I I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. And it seems pretty unfair to us um, that we don't get to have at least like a couple normality things in our lives that like basically all my hobbies And like things that I love have kind of been taken away from us. And I understand the safety rules and all, but there's also limits onto our mental health that we can handle Mm -hmm. so much because I don't know, drama and soccer have been basically my entire like life and what I love to do. And, you know, in high school, you kind of have like this small bubble. So everything kind of seems like anything small kind of seems like a huge impact on your life, even though in the future, it's really not. But right now it is for us and it just kind of it it affects the the mental health for sure you there's definitely been a slump of sadness yeah. like well i've seen you guys you and your friends go up go down i've seen you sad i've seen you mad i've seen you guys you know honestly in in states of some form of depression and some of your friends more so than others um, I've seen the soccer team, you know, really upset as well because there's just a great group. And that was a, a, just a great social event for a lot of you guys. You guys aren't alone. You guys are the typical high school kids. And, you know, you're, what you're experiencing, uh, you know, you're not alone. Uh, kids around the world are experiencing the same things. But, but I just really wanted to talk to you guys, you in particular, uh, representing those high school senior class, uh, classmen. Um, about the impact. And, you know, when it first shut down, uh, I saw the tears flowing. I saw the madness. We saw, you know, not just from you, but from everybody, our athletes included. And um, then came the realization we got to deal with this thing. 
one of the cool things I think that's happened is some of the video chatting and video visiting that's happened early on in the COVID era. What was that for like for you guys? I mean, personally, my classes didn't really do many Zoom calls. It was really only if you needed, like if you had questions or if you needed help or whatever. And I really didn't need it. I joined a couple uh, Zoom calls and it was kind of weird, honestly. Like it, I didn't mind it, but it was just kind of strange, like not being in like that classroom setting. Um, like you could, it's just funny because you could hear all the noises in everyone's houses. Like if something falls, it goes to their <laughs> face or whatever. And instead of the teacher and it, it was kind of made it hard to focus, I guess, um, because there's just so much going on in everyone's household um, that like the sounds, at, I mean, you can put it on mute, but most people don't. Um, it's, it was just a weird experience. I didn't mind it, um, but I definitely could not do it for another year. That's for sure. So how about the video calls with your friends and the soccer teams? Cause we know for sport across the world, coaches were getting together education, really online education really, really took off for coaches and young coaches, athletes, team meetings online. And I know you and your friends wound up getting online and chatting through the video rooms, which I thought was really cool. Cause you guys were so isolated. Yeah. So before, um, like the, the rules of quarantine loosened up a little bit. We would schedule, like me and my friend group would, would, uh, do a zoom call every single week. Um, and we'd just like talk, you know, just like how we usually do. It was, it was nice to just like kind of have like a, an escape and still be able to like communicate with them and like have a good time. Definitely not the same, but it's, it's still pretty fun just to be able to talk to them and like in your own like room and in, in the comfort of your own bed and stuff. I mean, after a while, it definitely is like, all right, I want to see these guys in people person. Um, but, uh, yeah. And with the soccer team too, that was definitely different being like talking about soccer on zoom because it's just, that's kind of a hard thing to, to transfer over call, but it was all right. Yeah. It was good to see everybody, I guess. Yeah. And that was, that's the, maybe the upside to this. Now, earlier you mentioned, you know, the future impact you talked about, you know, um, the psychology and your mental health and everything. Well, this is a big topic that's happening right now. And there's a lot of people concerned about the future mental health of kids across the board, seniors included right down to our youth. Um, and it's something this, this, this series is, is really taking seriously. The, the class C kids of COVID. Um, do you think there's going to be long-term effects for you? You said probably not in the future, there's, there's certainly going to be implications. We're going to bounce out of this with a knowledge we've never had before. Uh, if this ever happens again, we're going to be more prepared probably without question. Um, but you guys are missing critical things like some of the summer camps and the tryouts and all this. What do you, what do you think as a high school senior? Were you, are you stressed out? Were you stressed out by the not knowing or, or were you stressed out by, because you were missing things, you knew you were missing things or, how did it go down? I definitely think it's going to affect the future for sure. Just because, um, with these quarterly semesters, you're only focused on basically two subjects at a time for some people, only one, if you have a spare or an option or something. Um, and it's kind of, I feel like it's going to affect the way we like can handle like overwhelming amount of work because we don't have that anymore. So like you just focus on your one thing and it's one and done. Whereas, everyone else was had to handle everything at once. And that's kind of how life is, you know, you have to handle everything at once. And, um, high school kind of teaches you how to do that or kind of makes you, helps you figure out how you personally know how to go about that and what works for you. And with just having quarterly semesters, you know, two subjects a day. You, it's, I can't imagine. So the way it's going to go down, at least at uh, Ellie's school, everybody 
is um, they're working sort of on this core ho- cohort um, uh, management system where it's going to be a group of kids. We're going to try to keep these group of kids together as much as possible. So there's as little mixing as possible. It's one of the things I want to talk to you about, Ellie. But they're going to go into um, school and they're going to have two classes per day, two three-hour classes. Now, yeah. I had some three-hour classes in university. It was hard enough. Um, I think the teachers are going to have to be creative in how this goes down because three hours of math, I, I can't oh, imagine. That being said, okay, let's let's just fast track to this question here. That being said, um, what a massive undertaking to get this school uh, year going, at least to get something going. It's going to be very different. Um, are you are you happy at least everybody's making the effort to get it going? Well, at first I was like pretty excited to go back to school, but then I heard all the rules and everything and I'm, I'm really trying to hype myself up to get excited to go back to school because just with all the rules that they've made, some of them are, I personally think are a little over the top. Some of them are understandable for sure. Um, but it just, it kind of sucks for your senior year. It basically feels like you're going back to an elementary school. So what does it look like to you based on what you know about the rules and the regulations going into this year, which is starting right away. Give us a rundown of what you think your, your day is going to be like, what, what is it going to look like? Just so people get an idea of what, what you're talking about. So they haven't really given us like a rundown of how the days are going to go. So it's kind of, we're kind of going to show up and be really confused and we're probably going to get in trouble a lot because, <laughs> because we don't know how it Nothing works. New there. Yeah. Well, right. we don't know like the social distancing rules or anything that they want like us to do. Um, but for the most part, I think we're not allowed to hang out inside the school unless you're in a classroom. So basically we're all, I don't understand what it's preventing. We're all just going to be huddled outside until we can come inside. And that's going to be tough in the winter time too, because you know, it's cold. Um, and then you go to your classroom and you do your, your, your first block, which was roughly three hours and then lunchtime, which for the grade nines, because my my school is a nine to twelve school, the grade nines have to stay at school, but the grade tens to twelves are allowed to leave. But you have specific doors that you have to leave um, that are closest to your classroom to prevent spread, I guess. Um, and you're technically not allowed to drive in this like carpool with other people. I don't know how they're going to prevent that one, um, but so lunch, which they're not extending any longer, which I kind of find annoying because we sit in the same classroom for three hours without like and you're wearing a mask so it's like are we allowed to snack i don't know i'm gonna be hungry (laughs) Um, so i would prefer an extended lunch and then after you go back to your three-hour class and then it's the end of the day and you have to immediately leave the school like you're you you leave the classroom and you have to immediately leave the school i don't know how they're gonna like stop kids from waiting for the bus or like how they're going to do that. Like they haven't really said anything. So it's going to be really confusing on the first day. Well, it's new for everybody and for the administration and our health officials. um, They're trying to set guidelines to keep our students and everybody as safe as possible. And that means drastic changes. And I think, you know, back to my high school year, grade 12 was really great year for me uh, personally and not so much from the school side because I was never a really academic. You know, I just went through the motions and, and got my work done at school. But the social side was great. I was an athlete. I played all the sports and, you know, hanging out at noon hour and after school and getting together with your pals yeah. and the sports team. You're not going to have that. So exactly. that's going to be concerning. And, 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 and so we'll see how that all goes. Um, hopefully there's some changes that come soon uh, as we move forward. 
Um, but in terms of your friend group, one other thing, and, and I've heard some parents talking to some parents, and we'll hopefully have a few here on the show as well, talking about just their kids being isolated at home, um, friends they they that aren't allowed to come over, and friends that aren't allowing you to go over to see them, a real challenging time for everybody. And in your friend group, you have some some kids, great kids that that have been, you know, for and and that were totally understandable. Uh, they just weren't allowed to socialize. You know, yeah. we reached out to parents in your friend group, and we've got the kids together, and families are all working together to to make it happen. Um, but uh, you had some friends that weren't allowed to come out and hang out with you guys. Yeah. So I know um, that these parents' rules uh, were, like, pretty strict, whereas, like, you couldn't, like, they, they weren't allowed to see anyone for the longest time, which, I mean, at first was really understandable because, you know, the whole situation, it's scary. Um, but there's, there was a point where, you know, if we're taking the sanitary precautions and, you know, we're, we're, we're washing our hands frequently and, you know, if we're not like licking each other's hands and stuff. <laughs> like, I feel like there's, there's a lot of hand licking going on usually, is there? <laughs> like, I feel like it's okay. You know, yeah. like as long as we, you know, if they want us to maintain a six foot distance, that's cool. Like, I don't mind. I just want to see them in person, you know, and it's definitely, there's a difference between texting someone, FaceTiming someone and seeing them in person. Sure. There's a huge difference and it affects your like friendships too, because I know for the friends that weren't allowed to see us, they just, they feel left out sometimes because they didn't have those experiences with us um, that we kind of grew and adapted to this whole craziness and they didn't get that. So they're kind of still stuck in that situation of beginning of quarantine and everything. And they didn't really get that option to just grow and kind of adapt. Um, And it, it definitely affects their mental health for sure. I've talked to them and they're just in a huge slump of, like sadness and depression because they just, you know, they're, they're missing that social aspect of their life. That's kind of necessary and important to have. Sure. Some of these uh, kids have high risk parents or high risk siblings. And so there's issues there. And I like how you guys have sort of been reaching out and keeping them in the loop. That's been really good. And I know that's been happening everywhere. All right. Well, listen, the school season is upon us. It's going to be an incredibly different landscape than I think everybody going into their senior year anticipated um, you you and your friend group, your drama uh, partners and, and, and classmates, uh, your soccer players is the attitude. Let's make the most of it. Or is it the attitude? Let's see how this goes. Or is everybody, is everybody going in with a fairly, I mean, hey, let's make the most of it kind of attitude or, or, or what's the, what's the mindset now as you guys get back in? I feel like it kind of depends on the person because at first I was like, Hey, let's make the most of this. Like, you know, it's, it's different for sure. But like, let's try and make it fun. Um, but it's kind of just been hard to do that just because, you know, you're thinking, I think back into like the younger, the younger generation, like in elementary or whatever, they're going to get these normal high school experiences. And it's kind of a selfish thing to say, but like, it sucks that we don't get that. And they, they get that. There's no question. I am, Um, I am concerned about that for you guys. It's going to be different. Yeah. But worse, better. We don't know either way. It's going to be different. And I think, yeah. you know, when we talked to a lot of the people and experts we've had on the show here the last little bit talking about this, uh, you guys are going to have to make a real strong effort to frame it up and just make the most of it and move forward in, in the most positive way because it's 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 just the way it is right now in this COVID age. We definitely, yeah, we definitely have to uh, 
keep a positive attitude because I know a lot of people are like this, this school isn't going to last. Like it's going to shut down and I give it six weeks tops or whatever. And I'm, I'm just like, you know what? I don't really want to think of that. I want to keep my head up and like, you know, at least hope that we're going to have at least a senior year, like attending at school. That's not online because I know some of my friends would not be a lot like able to go back online. It was just too hard on their mental health. Like it was, you know, being locked up in your room all day. And like, you know, if you're an only child and stuff too, like you don't have, your parents are at work and you're home alone in your room, missing your friends, missing normal life. You don't really have anything else to think about because there's nothing to distract you or nothing to keep you occupied. And it's just, it's not, it's not healthy at all. And we're social animals, right? Yeah. I mean, let's face it. We are uh, social animals as human beings for sure. You know, when the news about school came back, um, there were talk about, all right, man, there's not going to be any Halloween, no Halloween dance or Halloween get togethers. Um, there's not going to be the Christmas formal. We don't know what graduation looks like, but if graduation last year is any indication, it's going to be a very different graduation. How's that impacting the senior class here and your, your classmates, you and your friends? Oh, it definitely, it definitely sucks because, you know, we, you kind of, in, up until your last year of anything or when you have the last experience of anything, you kind of just goof around. You know, you don't really take anything seriously or you don't savor anything until it's your last time, until it kind of sets sets in that, wow, OK, this is never happening again. And that we didn't know that for grade 11, because I, I feel like if we did, we definitely would have taken it more seriously. We would have, you know. We would have savored every moment, but it was more just like, all right, let's get this done. One more to go. Like, you know, and then in your senior year, it kind of hits you and it's like, wow, okay, this is it. Like, this is all we got left. And we never had that. And it just really sucks thinking back that like, that was the last time we'll ever get to do that. And we just didn't heads up would have been nice. That's for sure. Yeah. And this, this took everybody by storm. So everybody was thrown off kilter there for sure. Um, Looking to the future. Uh, were you and your friends, do you think your classmates were stressed about university, applying to university, grades going to university, job prospects, um, I, after high school endeavors? I know definitely I am because I kind of know like the field that I want to go into. And it was basically all based off of experiences you have and opportunities that you've been given. And all the opportunities have been taken away because it's unsafe or you just won't, you can't do it with these rules. Um, so it, it just because production, you need you need experiences, you need you need. So to let our audience know what your interests are so they know what you're referring mm-hmm. to your interests after high school or what for you personally, uh, film production, um, directing, anything like that, like kind of just in that general field. I'm still not like 100 percent sure, but I know that's the direction I want to go to. So you need. You know, you need to have experience in acting. You need experience in directing. You need experience in, like, script writing and all that stuff. And that's what drama and after school, like, things were supposed to be because we do this huge production at my school. Um, and there, grade 12, you usually get a chance for a lead or just, like, a bigger role and stuff. And that looks really good on a resume. And it's also experience that you get so you know what you like and how, you know, how to act in those situations and how to handle everything. And, um I never really got the opportunity to memorize a long script um, because I never had like a, a, a role where I had to memorize basically the entire script. And that's kind of scary going into, you know, the next basically the next time I'll ever get that opportunity is university and not having any background 
for that. It's just t- like scary. Kind is that of. something you could do on your own though? Is that something you can practice? So like, we're, yeah, like, you, you can do it on your own, but it's, it's just, it's not the same experience. No, I know. I mean, you can still do it, but it's just, it's, it's, it's not like the pressure and everything is, it's not there. Yeah. Understood. So, nope. Understood. Trying to yeah. make the most of it. All right. Well, listen, um, you are the first live crush in studio COVID in this COVID world in, in the uh, remote crush studio. Um, the first live guest. So I want to thank you for coming in again, a, a really great perspective, everybody from one of the focus groups for this series, which is the seniors in high school, seniors in university are aspiring, uh, amateur athletes, national caliber athletes who are trying to navigate through this crazy, crazy landscape that COVID's created. Ellie, thanks so much for being just so honest and open and sharing, sharing your experiences. We know that, uh, there's a lot of kids and students out there that are in the same boat as you. And I think if you guys stick together, um, we can all make the most of this, whatever that looks like. Yeah, for sure. Any final words? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that this situation is just kind of sucks and we kind of got to make the most of it and it's hard, but there's nothing else we can do because this is life now. So yeah. Reality. Yep. And there you go. Straight from the source, a high school senior entering her final year of high school, which is a pretty special time in life. And it's going to be different. And they know it's going to be different. It's how we're all going to cope with it together. I think that's important. And for every other high school student out there, um, there you go. You're not alone. Probably very, very similar thoughts and ideas floating around every household of every high school student. I'm right there with you. And I've seen firsthand how this shutdown has impacted my high school student as a person, as an athlete. It's impacted her and her sport and her soccer team. It's impacted her and her drama crew and all of the production stuff they had planned for the summer. It's impacted her and her friend group. And it was really, really surprising to me to see how they've rallied and managed through this. And it hasn't been easy for a lot of them. It hasn't been easy for for any of us who've been around it. So to get some context, that's really, uh, I think, what it's all about, especially for our high school kids. So I want to thank Ellie for that. Ellie did a great job in that surprise interview attack. It was unscripted, everybody. I just went upstairs and said, hey, I want to talk to you. <laughs> she came down into my office and she was in front of a mic. So, so thanks for being so candid and as honest as you possibly could be. A really important context for everybody out there. When we come back, we're going to get a different perspective. We're going to talk with Dr. Nick Holt, who is the Vice Dean of the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at the U of A. We're going to talk about the psychological side and some of the things he's observed with his group when it comes to the impact of the sports shutdown and how it's influenced our attitudes and our approach to sport and how we've reimagined things, how we're going to have to reimagine things. And could there be a silver lining to the sports shutdown for athletes? We'll find out as we continue with the Crush special feature, Class C, the kids of COVID, right after this. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. And welcome back to Crush Performance and the first episode in our two-part series, Class C, the kids of COVID, as we look at the impact this COVID environment has had on our youth. The focus of our series is high school and collegiate seniors, our amateur, our developing, and our semi-pro athletes, our Olympians, who have been denied the 
opportunity to compete and represent their countries in Tokyo. It's been postponed, maybe potentially canceled. Well, from our youth, our grade schoolers, right up to our high school seniors, our collegiate students and athletes, to our pros and semi-pros, how has this shutdown impacted them? Are we aware of it? Is there going to be long-term implications? We just got done with a conversation with my youngest daughter, Ellie, who is a high school senior, to sort of lay the groundwork and get some context of what kids are going through straight from the source, unscripted and unpremeditated. That's what they're going through. And if you're a parent or a coach or a teacher, you've seen it. And you know, we've done our best to cope in an environment, well, frankly, that none of us have been through before. So to carry on the conversation and get a different perspective on the COVID situation, a holistic maybe view of what's been going on out there. I am very, very happy to introduce Dr. Nick Holt, the Vice Dean at the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at the U of A. He's also the lead at the Childhood and Adolescent Sport and Activity Lab that looks at the psychological aspects of sport and physical activity participation, the participation in sport and physical activity among children, adolescents, and families. Because let's face it, if it impacts our kids, it impacts us. That's just how it works. Dr. Holt, so glad you could join us today. Welcome to Crush Performance. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Jeff. Well, we're really glad to have you on as we uh, partake in a series that we're um, um, naming Class C, the kids of COVID. And our focus here is everybody, of course, the the impact COVID has had on our society and the globe um, but more specifically, we're looking at, you know, the grade 11, 12 students going into their final year and how this changing landscape might impact them and our uh, amateur pro athletes who are on the cusp of getting that college scholarship or that pro contract and how they're going to have to adapt. And then, of course, our Olympic athletes who are, you know, waiting to see what's happening. And then, of course, you know, um, um, our pro athletes as well and all the adjustments they've had to, had to make, you know, we're all very cognizant of the seriousness of COVID-19 and the impact it's had and the loss of life and the impact it's had with families and friends of, of people who've lost loved ones and, of course, the impact on the economy. But underneath all of that, I think there's also some serious conversations we need to be having, and that's the welfare of our children through this this episode. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, um, well, what, five months now? The kids have been away from school and uh, gearing up to coming back here, and it's uh, been a significant impact on, lo- on lots of people. Um, that isn't really headline news, you know. Yeah, and I agree. So I'm a father, of course, and I have a uh, a daughter that's going into her grade twelve year, and uh, to watch her and her group of friends you know, ride this, this situation out. It has been a very, very interesting experience to me as a father, um, challenging at times. And, and honestly, uh, Dr. Holt, I really, really feel for these kids, the grade 12 year, the graduating year in high school, you know, graduating in university might be a little bit different, but still very important. Um, we're going to be talking to athletes who have had to adjust their entire schedules based on delays, the unknowing and the shutdowns. Um, but for these senior kids going into high school, boy, I'm telling you, um, it's going to be a very different landscape for them. Are you concerned at all, Dr. Holt, in terms of, you know, the impact that it's had sports shutting down and, and the lack of activities and the exposure to things that we took for granted before that aren't there anymore? Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts on this and it's difficult to know where to start. But what I will start with, uh, the, 
the kids who are uh, like involved in sports where there's real uh, definitive cutoffs. So it could be, you know, final year of high school. That's it. You can't delay that for a year. Um, there's some age groups in different sports. They could, it could be their chance to go to, or it could have been their chance to go to nationals or something like that. And now they just don't get that chance back. Uh, it might be a little bit different, like you said, at university, but even university students, some are going to have to think of the university student athletes are going to have to be thinking about things like, do I sit out for a year or do I go to school for a year and then miss out playing on my full eligibility? So I do think that there's, um, there's it's different types of experiences and those ones that have the real distinct cutoffs they're the ones I think have missed out or will be missing out the most. We're talking with Dr. Nick Holt, the Vice Dean in the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at the U of A. He's also the lead at the Child and Adolescent Sport and Activity Lab, which looks at the psych psychological aspects of sport, physical activity, participation among children, adolescents, and the effects on family as well. So I'm sure you're very in tune with the, in the impact this has had on not just the students themselves and the athletes themselves, but also the families. And again, talking to you as a father, oh my goodness, I've seen my my young daughter who was so excited about her grade 12 year, you know, it's finally being the, the, the you know, the top of the heap, so to speak, in high school, uh, to go from being so excited to almost getting to a point where she and her friends don't even care if they go anymore. Isn't, isn't it a crazy time? Yeah, and, you see, and we've seen um, kind of a, a range of responses, right? We're, there are there are certainly lots of kids who are really looking forward to going back to school because they've missed that social connection over the over the summer. And um, I think it's been really interesting to me. I, I'm involved in youth sport as well as a coach, and how the uh, as the guidelines changed over the summer how this changed uh, kids' experiences of sports. So, of course, initially in a kind of almost complete lockdown phase, there was no sport. And people were trying to do practices over Zoom and just trying to keep connection that way. And I think that was very challenging. Then, of course, m many sports have some kind of return-to-play protocols that uh, have this kind of graded response. And where we're at now for lots of sports, the kind of cohort, model that they're using, I think that has been a really important move. You can have practices that are almost like normal. You can have games within your cohort group of 50. And what it's made, I, I've seen this, I've experienced it myself, uh, a greater appreciation for sport for the experiences that sport gives us, for some of the things that we sometimes perhaps take for granted. Now, when it's taken away, really value it when it comes back. Even if it's not back to normal, the opportunities that we get uh, are really valuable. You see the value and how valuable they are in our lives. Yeah, and that is a very interesting perspective. And and I, I've kind of had this discussion before, but but not quite in that light. You're so right. When something's taken away you sometimes get a deeper appreciation for how important it really, really was. And I think that is absolutely true, as you mentioned, when we talk about sport at all levels. How important, Dr. Holt, do you think it was 
to see Major League Baseball come back and the NHL figure out a way to get into their bubbles and pull off some kind of a playoff scenario. And then, of course, the NBA and the Raptors and, and all the excitement going, going through there. How important do you think it was for people in general, even if they weren't sports fans, to see professional sport up and running? Well, Jeff, I can tell you I'm a soccer fan. Uh, I've never watched the Bundesliga before, the German professional league, but they were the first ones back, so I immediately became a fan. Um, and because, uh, I mean, I'm probably like a lot of people. I was craving the entertainment. I was craving seeing sports and seeing live sports. Um, I think there's lots of complex issues there. Of course, there's the business aspect that we don't face in amateur uh, sport. But at the time when these sports were coming back, <laughs> it gave us something to do. It gave us something to um, put our attention towards. Honestly, I think there was a, there's, uh, benefits from in terms of our like well-being and the mental aspects of COVID. That it just gives us something to band together around. Uh, now you're back to being a communi- community of fans, even though you might not be interacting much. Uh, it just kind of brought that back, and uh, I, I appreciate it as a, as a fan. Like I said, I've mostly watched soccer, but I, I really appreciated the uh, having some some of it back. And uh, it's really interesting watching games without fans and being able to hear the players communicating with each other a little bit more. I mean, that was a fascinating, been a fascinating insight into professional sport. Well, you're originally from Wales and you played soccer, cricket, a number of games, but soccer was sort of your game. You are right now very into the ultra marathon. So that's uh, 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 shed some light on the unique character <laughs> you have because you ultra marathoners are a special, special breed. My brother ran the death race a number of years as well. So so I know about those characters, but um um, the exercise, personal exercise and getting out the social side of sport is so important, whether it's just from a fan or getting out with your teammates and, and your, as you mentioned, your cohorts, just to get out and be social and active as well. Well, you mentioned the ultra marathons there, of course, they were canceled uh, yes. around Alberta and in BC. And, uh, you know, I did something this year that I never even imagined. A virtual ultra marathon. Oh wow! <laughs> Running on my own and uploading my, uh, uh, you know, uh, tracking data to a website, and uh, that's how we recorded and like raced against each other. And um, yeah, it's something I never ever imagined would even be a possibility. But it, it's just one of those things that how organizations, the sport organizations, just found ways to adapt found ways to cope, found ways to provide something for people. Um, I know there was some like tremendous uh, like innovation. And yeah, the, uh, the virtual ultramarathon is a good example of that. Oh, we're talking with Dr. Nick Holt, the Vice Dean and the Faculty of Kinesiology at the U of A. Well, let's talk about that for a second. That is absolutely fascinating. So um, I've been uh, fairly close to some uh, um, uh, Ironman triathloners. And of course, when their races were canceled, they had invested so much time and effort to prepare, you know, leading up to March and the shutdown. And when the races in the whole circuit got canceled for the year, that was a devastating blow. It was also a devastating blow. I coached my uh, daughter's uh, community league soccer team, and I saw as much emotion around the cancellation of community soccer as I did the Ironmen. 
as I saw, you know, and this is a little, this is maybe a little more, I hate to say serious when we're talking about sport in the eyes of, um, um, under the umbrella of COVID, but you know, for these people who invested so much time and effort, our Olympic athletes who are now on hold with the cancellation of the games, um, from top to bottom, um, the cancellation of sport was devastating. So, uh, for you personally, Dr. Holt, when you got the word that there would be a virtual ult- ultimate marathon, um, how did that change your approach? Was, did, did that provide you the purpose? Was it, was it a, uh, was it some hope, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel? I think my experience is probably like a lot of people's. The initial motivation was tough. It was really tough to initially maintain the motivation to train. I think of some of those triathletes who were training for six, seven, eight months to prepare for an event. Um, but then, um, you know, from from for me personally, it did give me something to um, to look forward to to train toward and. I realized the value of it afterwards. Um, I can tell you the um, the one I did on the treadmill, I will never, ever do again. <laughs> <laughs> right, understandable. Absolutely understandable. So from a ment, like what a ment, I mean, the, the ultra marathon is, you guys are, I've actually um, um, helped out uh, marshal a few of the races locally here. The ultra marathon is 50 milers and this sort of things. So I know the dedication and the focus and the type of animals you guys are. And it's a very special, special animal uh, the ultra marathoners are. I can't imagine doing it on a marathon or an ultra marathon on a treadmill in place tracking. Um, that must have been a special challenge. Uh, definitely the hardest thing I've done. Mm-hmm. And even distance wise, it wasn't the furthest distance. But I tell you what, the, and this is this personal insight it's helped me understand the experiences of, uh, you know, real athletes that, um, you miss the sense of community and running is, uh, you know, it's not a team sport. You're out there with a bunch of strangers, but there's a sense of community of people doing things together. And, um, that, that's been, um, something I think we all missed. And I'll go back to the fact that now we can use the cohort, um, kind of, system or model um what a tremendous uh thing that has been i've been i just think that that has been um a a really smart way of enabling us to get back to some kind of sports and it also enables people to train with purpose now so let's say you do have like cohort competition in whatever sport that you can do or even the, the more distant types of competition and the virtual stuff, it, it, it enables you to train with a purpose. So you said you did some, you do some uh, coaching. So you'll know as a coach that uh, trying to coach uh, 10 or 15 back-to-back practices with no game on the horizon can be a bit challenging. You sometimes need the games to, for the motivation. Um, and so, yeah, having a sense of competition Sport is inherently about competition, whether it's at the most recreational levels or the most elite levels, all of it involves some sense of healthy competition. And uh, we missed that for a long time and it changed the nature of sport. And now we're gradually able to have some form of competition. Um, I just think that's been really valuable. 
Yep, and I agree. The cohort model has been absolutely amazing. And again, one of the uh, great adaptations that we've seen inside of this uh, incredible era we're going through here. And for those who don't understand the cohort uh, model, um, maybe simply put, uh, Dr. Holt, it's getting a group together and keeping that consistent group together and sort of isolated amongst themselves so they can interact without fear of, of you know, um, infection or, or intermingling with other groups. It's get, getting a group together and keeping them together to move forward and train in sport. I, would that be a fair assessment or a description of cohorts for, for those who might not understand the process? Yeah, that's exactly it. I think we're about, I think it's 50 people now for cohorts where we're currently at. And, um, you know, those 50 can be from within your club or training group, or they can be from another club or training group. And um, you see cooperation between teams that maybe would have just competed with each other before. And, I mean, I don't know if you, you've experienced this, but certainly one of the things that I, I've thought about quite a lot is, um, you know, almost reimagining youth sport um, and this sense of, you know, collaboration, working together to provide competition. And one of the really interesting things for me is, of course, with the nature of the cohorts, it, it means parents aren't involved. It means they're not at. Games, if games are allowed, they're not at practices because uh, you keep, have to keep the cohort separate. And um, I'd be very interested. I bet you parents are really missing it. And I bet you some kids are benefiting from it. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, say that's a safe assumptions for sure, especially if we look at the landscape that we've been going through and with the industrialization of youth sport, it's become a massive, massive industry. And one of the trends that we've seen, Dr. Holt, I'm sure, you know, we could have a great conversation on this, but is the is the pressure to compete. And, and I think at times the schedules and the overcompeting has really set back some development. So, so you could be very right. It's going to be interesting to see if maybe we, we see a trend in development here that we've never seen before because we're actually stepping back and having strategic competitions now rather than competitions for the sake of having more competitions and generating revenue, so to speak. Well, if you think about um, training, to, uh, training to game ratios in different sports, and now the training to game ratio is the training part of that has just increased. And I have wondered whether we are, whether it means that athletes have spent more time on technical development or skill development than they would otherwise. You know, so I, I hear these kind of things about a lost generation of athletes. I'm not so sure about that. I think athletes have missed out on experiences. But it is possible that by training in a different way with less emphasis on a particular competitive game. The coaches have spent more time on technical development, on skill development, maybe on tactical understanding, um, on strength work, on speed work. Um, and I'd be really interested to see in a year's time, when we follow up, if we could find some way to compare uh, you know, the skill level of those people who've gone gone through this COVID period with uh, the, the skill of the, the, those people a year older than them, I think you might see um, a, some kind of technical benefit, a COVID technical benefit, maybe. Oh, I like that. A COVID technical 
benefit. We're talking with Dr. Nick Holt, the Vice Dean and the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at the University of Alberta. This is a fascinating twist to the conversation because I agree with you. I tend to agree with you. I think there's going to be an upside here that that wasn't planned. It's just a result of the landscape that we're in. And it could serve us very, very well moving forward. Um, Dr. Holton, your experiences at the Child and Adolescent Sport Activity Lab, um, we know how important sport is for the development of children. Um, we've talked already about, you know, how this sport shutdown may have uh, impacted some of these youth. And now that it's starting up again, how there may be some hidden benefits for the parents out there who are struggling to keep their kids active or worried about depression. They're seeing their kids now screen time going up dramatically and um, uh, maybe a lack of motivation. A any messages from you to the parents out there um, as we slowly start to get a movement back towards sport? I would, uh, I would encourage people to those people have been hesitant about registering their kids in sport programs. Cause we know that's happened. Some people haven't, and I totally understand it. I think sport programs have underst understand now how to run things safely um, with the appropriate measures in place. And I do your homework Make sure that the club or the program that you want to go to has very, very clear measures in place. But I think, um, you know, my, my own child's in, involved in sport and um, it's been extremely, extremely beneficial. So I would encourage people to do that. And for those people who are just not ready uh, to do that just yet, um, that we, we know that kids that these days don't spend enough time outdoors don't spend enough time just playing in the woods or doing pickup games and things like that. And uh, I, I'd, I'd highly encourage that. And actually, that would be, you know, we're kind of talking about some of the silver linings a little bit. Um, I've seen more kids playing in the ravine. I've seen more pickup basketball games once the hoops were put back in. Um, I've seen more people, uh, young people, uh, children, adolescents, young adults playing outdoors than I've ever seen in my life before. Um, I've seen more people on the bike trail. Um, bike sales must be through the roof, <laughs> judging by the number of new bikes out there. People going for a walk, people going for a run. Like, I know it's not everyone. I know people have struggled to be active in things because we're spending, spending so much time in front of our computers. But uh, the, there's, there's opportunities if we get outdoors. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I've never seen so many people just walking on the streets and I'm actually very, very encouraged by it. I think I think this experience, experience may remind people how important that is, walking down the street or just having a game of catch or, or just getting outside. And as you mentioned, just imaginative play, really important stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, and it's not, it's not unusual now to see adults like playing <laughs> adults. I've seen adults throwing a football around on the school field by the house. And uh, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. <laughs> but now with COVID, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. We're talking with Dr. Nick Holt, Vice Dean in the Faculty of Kinesiology at the U of A. Um, earlier, you mentioned the lost generation, and I kind of like the spin that you put on it. We're not potentially looking at a lost generation. But the landscape is definitely different. Earlier on, we sort of talked about those missing experiences that some of these youngsters are going to have, especially for me in our series here, Class C, the kids of COVID. 
um, focusing on our seniors going into high school, the ones graduating from college and, you know, some of their athletes, as we mentioned, they're going to miss those maybe important milestones that they just can't get back. You know, you, you mentioned the collegiate athletes, you know, I think, and I feel so, so bad. I, you know, the March madness was such a, it's such a big event, but for those athletes that may have been looking at their first and maybe only March madness, or maybe their last March madness. Oh, I can't imagine. And and again, that's just one example. Of course, Um, Dr. Holt, are you concerned about those missing um, events, those all important sort of sort of life events that life shaping events. Um, you know, we look at our high schools, for example, we have the band students who, you know, there's not going to be band. There was no band camp this summer. We have the drama students where their plays were shut down. They're not, they're not able to get out with their, with their, uh, um, on their clubs and their, their, their friends to put on their plays. The, the, the athletes, of course, we've talked about, do you have any fear of the impact of missing some of these you know, maybe things we took for granted, these life experiences that these kids aren't going to have. Is there, is there a risk here? Is it just something we need to talk about? Well, first of all, I feel for these people. I really do. Um, You know, these things that they have, they've got no control over it and taken away. And like I said before, the things that have a distinct, you know, you've got to do it this year, this is your final year or you're in school and this is your last year of eligibility or whatever it is, you never get those things back. I'd be interested um, if we take, uh, say, some high school sports, um, maybe some sports that we would have normally done in fall. It might be possible to do something uh, after Christmas in some cases, not in all. Um, I'll be interested to see what um, alternatives people can come up with. You mentioned band. I, I can picture some virtual work there, and it won't be the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how serious it is for a, a developmental perspective. Like, will it actually have a negative effect on development? I, I'm not sure about that. I, I really feel for the people who are missing out on these opportunities. The, um, the I, One of the things we'll find out is how important these types of things, like how important is graduation? It's important for our memory. I'm sure our graduation stands out in people's memories. But is it a really important, uh, is it really important for development? Does it really affect people? We don't know that. And of course, you know, I, I grew up in a country where high school graduation wasn't really a thing. In other places, it's not really a, you know, an, a huge event, but other things are. Um, so we'll see how people cope. Um, and like I said, I really feel for the, these people, but I don't know about the longer term developmental consequences. Yeah. I like your thoughts on the the potential positives, the potential of COVID technical benefits, as you called them. I absolutely love that. So we, you mentioned, you know, our collegiate athletes. So the NCAA, you know, the Big Ten canceling the football, fall football season. Hopefully they'll reschedule it for the spring. Um, we also heard, you know, up in Canada here, the CIS canceling the hockey season, which has been reinstated uh, and collegiate sports uh, being shut down. Um, again, we may not be competing here, but if we're in, if we're smart and intuitive and imaginative, we could probably turn this into something that could be pretty good, don't you think? Well, I mean, those examples, if they are able to reschedule things for 
the spring or even just after Christmas, um, you've got a lot of time to prepare now. Um, and if you think for those um, college sports, often the preparation period is pretty crammed into a period of only a few weeks before right. the start of the season, in many cases for the teams getting together, right? Um, so you you can expect a lot more work on strength, speed, technique, tactical, strategic understanding. Um, and I would expect for those sports that do come back, we're going to see some pretty high-level play um, as, as a result. The... Um, the extent to which they'll be able to come back is the tough thing. And, of course, the, it's the planning aspect. So if you take university sports and the travel and all that kind of stuff, it's it's really tough to plan for when you've got so much uncertainty. And, of course, it's ultimately the athletes who uh, the athletes and the coaches who w- will suffer um, because it's so hard to plan. It's almost like as an athlete or as a coach, you have to – Plan for the best case scenario. Plan for when you think you'd be able to compete, um, but expect the worst so you, that you so you can just cope with the situation. Yeah, yeah, and coping is such an important word here. And I guess the big message is we're not alone. This has impacted absolutely everybody on this globe, one way or another, for certain. And we're working our way through it. And I think staying positive, finding ways, as you mentioned, like the cohorts and and the return to play strategies has been really rewarding. Seeing professional sports back has been great for a lot of people. And uh, we'll move forward. Dr. Holt, listen, thank you so much for your time today. This was a fascinating conversation. We really appreciate your insights here. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. All right, there you go. Dr. Nick Holt, the Vice Dean of the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at the U of A. What a fantastic an interesting conversation. So much there. And interesting, isn't it? We'll be watching moving forward with great interest to see what the long-lasting impact of this COVID shutdown might be. But could there be a silver lining? Could there be a benefit to our athletes from the grassroots right up to our pros? Well, we're going to be watching that. I can tell you very, very closely Because if you look at the conversations we've been having up to now, injury rates at every single level of sport at all-time highs, early specialization, focusing on one sport really, really early, has just sort of become way too common. And we know that it's not the best approach for health and wellness for sure. But even when we talk about top performance for your athlete, it's very, very rare we see an early specialized athlete dominate, persevere, or even succeed at the higher levels of sport. Could this downtime create an opportunity for athletes to rest and recover, to go do things they wouldn't normally do? We've been pushing that right from day one. Take advantage of the shutdown. Get better and do things you wouldn't normally be able to do if your sport was carrying on. How about Dr. Holt saying, just get out and play. We're seeing more people just playing now unsupervised, unscripted, just free play. Could we see a massive technical developmental benefit from all of this? Oh, fantastic stuff. We have to thank Dr. Holt for that. Listen, that'll do it for today. Episode one of the Crush special feature, Class C, the kids of COVID. We started off today talking to my youngest daughter, Ellie, who's going into her senior year of high school to get some context. What are the kids going through? I've seen it firsthand. Now, if you're a coach, parent, or, or or teacher, 
Um, we're right there with you. We're living this together. And what impacts our kids, we know for a fact, impacts us. And to, to hear it come from, you know, the source is really, really important to understand what they're going through so we can make the right adjustments. Have we been doing the right things? Have we been supporting them enough? Well, I think we've been doing a darn good job considering what's going on out there. And Dr. Holt has also shared some great ideas as to what we can do, what we should be doing, and maybe the spinoffs of this COVID shutdown. So I want to thank Ellie, crush number three, the third daughter. Yes, that's right. Three daughters here in the crush household. I'm well taken care of, uh, but I'm in the doghouse more often than not, as you can imagine. And I want to thank Dr. Holt for his great insights. And I can't wait to talk to him again. Coming up next week, episode two of Class C, The Kids of COVID, we're going to talk to an agent and see how they've been supporting their athletes from the grassroots right up to their pros. There are things that can be done. And there's also some important things to think about. If you're a parent, coach, administrator, if you're running an organization, there are so many things you can be doing to help your athletes wade through these troubled times. We're also going to talk to one of those athletes a young hockey player who just finished up his junior hockey career. Now he's heading to the pros. He's not sure what the landscape is going to look like. He had no idea what it was going to look like when their season got shut down. We're going to talk to James Hamlin about how he handled it, how he took advantage of the downtime and how he's more ready than ever to take on the next phase of his playing career. And we're going to also talk to a coach, the coach of a major soccer organization to discuss how organizations have been handling the shutdown, how they're working to ensure that they're creating safe environments for their kids so families can move forward with confidence. And now that school's coming back online, there is plenty to talk about. We'll talk with Kelly Hodson, a competitive technical coach at the Scottish United Soccer Club, about how they're handling the masses and keeping their programs going and getting kids active and how great it's turned out. All that coming up next week on the second episode of the Crush Special Feature, Class C, the Kids of COVID. I hope you can join us. Have a great week, everybody. Get out there, be safe, and go get better. Talk to you then. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 